On this episode of Movies Ruin My Life, we decide which Kevin Smith film is the best to watch while high. Okay. So this is Jesse. Hello there. This is Devin. Hello. This is Brent. Yar. I'm Brandon. And this is our Kevin Smith episode. Um, we've been going through a lot of directors, and, and when we went through the Tarantino episode, I made one fucking kind of disparaging comment about Kevin Smith, and I haven't heard the end of it since. So we have to quash this myth that I am not a Kevin Smith fan. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. He's one of the cats that kind of put me on my course of losing most of my fucking youth to movies. Um, really interesting cat. Love this guy. I love the access that you have with this filmmaker. Not not a lot of directors do you, do you get, uh, and, and creative minds in general, do you get this kind of um, access to their life, uh, candid opinions, um, he he wears his heart on his sleeve. Also, you know, I do like the fact that he's still able, with all that being said, able to keep his public persona one element of his life and his private life a completely separate thing. So when you see him in life, in, or when you see him on stage or uh, at a convention or any of these things, he's either done done up in the Silent Bob regalia or he's now he's rocking the... Uh, the Batman, Fat Man on Batman jersey. It's like all he wears now is yeah. that, that jersey, that yeah. orange and blue jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers jersey. Yeah. Yeah. We know what it is. <laughs> For all sports fans out there. Yeah. He's, he's, he's banking on Connor McDavid. Then he'll change. <laughs> Once that comes to fruition, he'll fucking change the emblem out for an Oilers logo. He's been waiting for another Gretzky and fucking, of course, Edmonton gets it. Who 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 did we even draft there? Oh, we dropped Mitch Marner. Yeah, Marner, it's yeah. fine. Mitch Marner is fucking awesome. All right, <laughs> London, sports, London Knights, sports, sweet. All right. <clears throat> well, it is suitable because, in all seriousness, this is a cat who grew up in Jersey, great hockey town, um, and obviously, like the Randall character, is largely based on on uh, his friend Brian, who is the guy who got him into hockey. You know, and they start playing street hockey. A lot of the stuff you see in Clerks is his fucking life, bro. 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 It's bro my Sophie. life, bro. I'm getting a little jersey in there. <laughs> going. Do you lift, bro? Just waiting for a broheem. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, I just noticed, Devin, you're wearing your Sleep for the Nightlife shirt. Oh, I saw that, too. See, we should we should fucking turn you towards the camera so that we can get some <laughs> promo happening here. Um, <clears throat> Got uh, Sleep for the Nightlife, Deadly Hopefuls, or, you know. Enjoying a nice rock and roll show here. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to fucking talk about <laughs> Kevin Smith? Sure. I do want to get into a first and favorites. Uh, do you want to? You guys want to do off the jump just to get a little warm up in? Do a round of uh, first film sure. that you've seen and your favorite Kevin Smith. Let's do it, Jesse. Um, so the very first one I saw was Mallrats, okay. and I discovered the film because they had a lot of advertisements in Marvel Comics and probably DC Comics at the time. Exactly, mm. yeah. And uh, there was a show on YTV with PJ Phil 
where they talked about comics. I can't remember the name of the show. I remember that show. Zone? The, the Zone? It wasn't no, The Zone. It wasn't The Zone. It was, it was, it was um, show. It did like video games and comics, right? Yeah, it was, it was mm-hmm. like strictly video games and comics, weirdo type stuff like that. I, anyways, uh, Wasn't they talked anti- a lot about the fucking Metallica. Room? The anti gravity room, that's the it. The anti gravity yeah, yeah. room, yeah. <laughs> Very cool show. Look it up, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love Phil. Yeah. So Phil they is a, is a. I still Phil run into cool. him on Queen Street he, sometimes. Yeah, he he is a. That's a staple of Canadiana right there. Yeah, he is the. Yeah, he's our PJ Phil. PJ Phil. Bill Guerrero was that his last? Yeah, Bill Guerrero. Yeah. Bill Guerrero. Got, got yeah. him on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Going to post this on his wall. Why not? <laughs> Why are you rubbing this in for all of us who don't have Phil on our Facebook? Well, you know. Fuck. Try harder, I guess. I <laughs> Try harder in life. Anyways, so going back to <laughs> where the tangent we got off here. Um, so yeah, they did an interview with Stan Lee on that show on the yeah. set of Mallrats, and I thought nice. that was the coolest shit. So I looked up the film, saw it. Uh, that's when I was getting into the internet at the time, so I was IMDBing and all that. And I'm like, oh, he made a movie called Clerks. Got to check that out. Mm. Saw that, and then started reading about him and stuff. And then yeah, he, at at the time, I'd say when he was uh, when I was in high school, he was my favorite filmmaker. Yeah. Now he's not, but he's still good. I still like a lot of stuff that he did. Um, but especially back in high school, I know, it just clicked with me. Yeah. Maybe because he's like a larger dude with a beard and I was, you know, the same. Yeah. I, I, I kind of dress like him sometimes. And I realized he doesn't know how to dress very well. <laughs> so I decided not to. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so my favorite movie, I'm going to have to say Chasing Amy just because, nice. I don't know. I just I, It just clicks with me every time I watch it. I uh, it's his best movie, hands down. I think mm. other people may have favorite films, and that's cool. But I just, I just feel like that's his best one that he really tried. Like yeah. he tried in all of them, obviously, but that's the one that, like, you know, you could watch it not even as, as Kevin Smith fan and enjoy it. I think absolutely. Devin, uh, same as Jesse. I, I actually um, I read a lot of comics <laughs> as a kid uh, and used to see that um, that magic eye with um, Jason Mewes in the bottom left um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ad in like. Every single uh, comic you read around uh, around the time it was coming out, um, and and you know it, it kind of stuck with me. Um, I, I don't know if I would say it is my favorite. I think you know now uh, Clerks uh, probably uh, comes out on top for me. I just like um, uh, all of these these um, scenes kind of out of context from one another. They all still work. Like it's all just like. You know, great, um, great conversations um, that that uh, mm-hmm. you know you could you could picture yourself having. Um, you know, but just uh, you know, every everything uh, everything I I think uh, works about it, and I don't think I don't think he's he's lost it over time. But I think you, you don't um, you can't really control the fact that you know once you're once you're in the machine to some degree you get you get to be a part of it yeah you know? um, i've heard that before i've heard a lot of reviewers say that exactly that he almost missed a stage of of uh, of his development he skipped a level you know yeah. <laughs> got some cheat codes and yeah which is so interesting so he doesn't he he understands the say for example the menial worker and he understands and then uh, that kind of life but then he it's just immediately jump to success and 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 uh battling those those things so it's interesting mm, mm. i don't think you're wrong in saying that seems to be a popular opinion brent um i was a little late to the game i think it was like around the chasing amy dog days that <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that time when i, I sean like, penn <laughs> 
Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, man. But no, no, it was one of those ones where uh, uh, it was it was it was the you know mid to late '90s when like I knew who Kevin Smith was. I knew what Clerks Mall Rats were. Um, I just hadn't seen them. Um, I think my older brother, like I mentioned this in Evil Dead as well when we did that episode. My older brother, you know, I knew he was into it, and I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. But the first one I actually ended up seeing was Clerks, and. I remember the first time I saw it, by that point, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I was old enough or like experienced enough in terms of movies that I'd watched and enjoyed and developed my own personal taste that I saw Clerks and I was like, this is rough, man. You know, and I'm sitting here, it's just like, wow, like these, these guys are bad actors. And then I found out later, oh, they're not actually actors. Yeah. Um, but that, that's the kind of thing. And going back, I think it's still great. But in terms of like best and a place to bring somebody in, I, I'd really say Dogma. You know, like just it's it's one of those ones where... The other ones have all sort of aged in different ways. They're all sort of a, a, a product, you know, of their time and that kind of thing. Whereas, like, you know, I look at Dogma and I'm just kind of like, that's one you can keep going back to. Yeah. You know, that conversation is ever-changing and this <clears throat> always offers, like, a unique perspective on it. At the same time, I think, like, like Red State, um, Zack and Miri, and uh, Jersey Girl are all really, really good. Yeah. And also interesting places to yeah, start. Yeah, I get when people bitch about Jersey Girl. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'll just, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's that kind of thing where it's like, those ones are also, I think, good entry points because it's one of those ones where it's like, these are accessible movies, mm-hmm. but subversive enough that they kind of, you know, ramp you up to what to expect getting into the rest of the stuff. Like, Zack and Miri starts out as like, okay, small town rom-com, what's, oh shit. Yeah. Literally shit. <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. So, uh, I don't know, but I think like Dogma is sort of the timeless one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for me, um, I actually yeah, the the first one that I saw I saw uh, was was also Mallrats, and at first I, I I enjoyed it, but I just kind of treated it as a, a normal movie. So it's a movie, and I did see it again, like you guys, because I was a huge Hulk fan, mm-hmm. knew of the existence of this film through Hulk and Spider Man particularly, um, and. <clears throat> And though, because of Stan Lee's appearance in it and so forth, and uh, at first I didn't really care. I think I saw it maybe thirteen, fourteen years old. I was at the time, and then I got my first job. I was working at a music store, and uh, all of a sudden, I fucking I understood <laughs> what this cat was all about. So when I saw Clerks, it just clicked, right? And to this day, Clerks is still my absolute favorite because I was that fucking guy. Like, I was Randall at that fucking music <laughs> store. I believe that. Yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> I was really nice to particularly kids that wanted to learn uh, yeah. and, and, like, get into music and things like that. And then I was just a fucking asshole to everyone else because there's always that fucking prick that's like, oh, what well, can you throw in? And, can, you, can you throw in some picks or can you throw in a fucking... Throw, throw a pedal in? Yeah, throw a fucking uh, cloth Throw, throw some yeah. fucking strings. Yeah, like, why? Just take the fucking store home, asshole. Like, that was. <laughs> so I related, like, so heavily to Clerks, and I still do because it, no, it, it seems as though no matter what job you're working, there are these elements of it where you constantly just have to eat shit mm-hmm. or, you know, fight against it. And, and I'm at the point now where I'm to the next fucking level of Randall. It's like. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and to have a movie that just caught me just at the absolute right time when uh, I needed it is pretty is pretty amazing. Um, <clears throat> before we go into what what we're doing with this episode, because with many of the Watch More episodes, the directors' episodes, we've done a first introduction style 
with the exception of the PTA episode, which we just fucking ranted and I was sick, so I just let Danny and Jess hold up the fucking show <laughs> while I coughed off microphone. <clears throat> um, what I'd like to do, or what we what we kind of concurred about doing with this one, is not to do first piece that you should watch, but instead the best film in his catalog to watch while high. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're going to go around, uh, do go through some of the films that we already know aren't coming uh, in, in the debate, and, uh, and then we're going to get into this. We're all going to present one film that we feel is the best to show to a stoned Kevin Smith viewer. <laughs> all right. So that we don't give away what films are coming up. Keep a little tension in the episode. Uh, let's go through his films, era to era kind of thing. Is uh, and and also talk about some of his his style um, and some of the staples of a Kevin Smith film. So we've already kind of touched on on one of those staples, which is the dialogue. Um, he he is an interesting uh, interesting writer. In that he somehow finds the perfect balance of just the absolute most vulgar thoughts and the absolute most beautiful thoughts. And while I think there was a moment in his career, which is, you know, it's forgivable, that he kind of lost a little bit of that, that the beautiful part of his his writing, it it has come back, which is great. And uh, it's such an interesting balancing act that he does and and one that... he he says all the time comes from just literally the people that he grew up with and lived with. And so interesting that he, much in, in the way of, say, from a different medium, someone like a Kerouac has literally almost rehashed their life, in this case, on screen. It's so interesting, um, just as such a unique style of, of the language. And, and personally, I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like the the dialogue is the first thing that always hits me, like some of the scenes in Clerks just... Obviously, the like the thirty-seven fucking dicks thing, yeah. <laughs> and you know the the that great fucking monologue at the end that Randall has when they're fucking laying in the yeah. the hostess, uh, yeah, uh, fucking that after they've gotten in the fight, it's so good. Because um, that movie really is all dialogue. Like, yeah, that's the 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 star of the movie is the script. Yeah, mm. uh, as you said, like the they're not really. Actors are just you know friends of his yeah, that are and, acting and for community the first time. college, and community college and actors. stuff. Or but sorry, community actors. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. but I mean it's like vignettes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like okay, now they're going to talk about uh, you know the independent contractors on the Death Star, and then they're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. like, the next thing, and yeah. So that's yeah. I love that fucking guy too that comes up to them and like hands them the the, the business card and is like, I am actually a, yeah. a roofer. And let me tell you, something. it's just fucking perfect, man. I getting shot on the mafia guy. So you mean John Gotti the gangster? <laughs> it wasn't John Gotti? It was something. No, else. it was uh, yeah. It, it's it's he, he has such a unique style, and it's one that. For me, like when I think of, say, for example, a, a writer who who can get away with jamming a shit ton of exposition into a film, Tarantino's at the top of my list. Obviously, we've just seen Hateful Eight, and I think that's an exceptional example of how to use um, exposition in in the most effective way ever. It's like literally that fucking movie uses like a person reading a book almost, like the equivalent thereof. And and Kevin Smith does that so well. You don't realize that, say, for example, a film like Clerks takes place predominantly 
in the fucking store in the quick stop or the like mall rats or any of his films like they're they're generally and and we've kind of talked off air about like his camera work isn't exactly the most fucking pristine and all these things but it doesn't matter because like you said jesse the script is the star so cool man yeah i i i've heard this argument a lot and i've even made this argument in the past Mm -hmm. that that he kind of like all of the voices uh all like all of all of the lines are are just like yeah you know kevin smith in this character it's like he's he's, you know it's it's like he's talking to himself but i feel like um thinking about it the responses to a lot of a lot of these little like conversations uh of just you know my new nay like the the uh the star wars the death star conversation and stuff like that your response and the kind of points you make in an argument like that say mm. so much about your character you know yep. like they you really do even just the empire versus jedi part of it yeah yeah like um they're they're a lot of these conversations are so great because of that. Like you, you really do learn a lot about somebody by, by, you know, what, the, how they feel about that, that, you know, it would be a, a seemingly just kind of yeah. you know, dumb sideline conversation. Yeah. I've made that exact same argument too, mm-hmm. to, you know, to reiterate your point, Evan, but it is interesting now that you bring that up. It's almost as though it's not one mind, it's one mind interpreting. So it's like, it's, it's imagine it as a, his script, in another language, and there's one guy reading all of the dialogue <laughs> to you and interpreting it in his language. Well, now I got to watch everything again. <laughs> you know, it, it is very much like that. As he as he jokes about, you know, showing Muse his his fucking part and being like, "This is you. Yeah, you don't have to act. This is you." <laughs> you know, and having to reteach, um, basically Jason Muse how to be Jason Muse, which is so interesting. And they wanted to recast him in Mallrats. And it was going to be Seth Green or someone, and uh, Kevin Smith is like, no, like it. Jay is is Jason Mewes. It's got to be him. I think up to like three days before they were still having that argument, and Seth Seth Green or whoever the hell it was had been fitted for costume, was ready to go, was going to film this movie, and he stuck to it. And Jason Mewes continued to be Jay. Yeah, which (laughs) fucking right, man. Fucking right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the the kind of the the golden era of his filmmaking in a lot of ways which is that basically the 90s. The stretch of films that mm-hmm. happened through the 90s um are kind of the quintessential Kevin Smith's for a lot of people and why I don't think that it's that interesting to have an argument that is first one to show to someone because i think the context grants um interest in some of his other films if i hadn't seen for example dogma or mall rats or clerks then seeing red state doesn't really matter all that much to me like it's like okay good movie john goodman's wicked yep whatever next right but seeing the progression of of him as a filmmaker uh, is part of the fun because like I said, his your access to him, it's like you feel like you know this guy, and and you're rooting for him, and it's uh, I'm getting goosebumps, right? It's like my <laughs> yeah. buddy is fucking succeeding in life, uh, and and that's such a cool feeling. Uh, but that era of his filmmaking, 
I think it changed a lot of fucking people's lives well, in all seriousness. That's the thing, like going back to what we were just saying, just to tie it in about the, the dialogue and specifically comparing him to somebody like Tarantino, mm-hmm. right? Like them kind of coming up around the same time yeah. and that kind of stuff. Whereas with Tarantino, it feels very masterfully crafted and sublime. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's something very important happening in those conversations. Whereas with Kevin Smith, it's just as, 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 as masterful, but it's more mundane. And again, it's like this is how he's introducing his characters and developing them. It's not necessarily actions. It's stories about them. It's how they respond to things in that context. And that the, that sort of aspect of the Askew universe there, like those first four, yeah. is what really sets the stage for the rest. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into what you were saying where something like, yeah, Red State or whatever, like later on. Cop out. <laughs> oh god! But that thing later on, the only one that really sort of like harkens back to that, like even less so, Clerks too. I mean, it's more like Zach and Miri is yeah. the closest to a return to form of those first four. Yeah, and yeah, nostalgia's huge with that for us. But I mean, from a from a technical standpoint, from a development evolutionary whatever standpoint, in terms of him as a director, writer, actor, and all that kind of stuff, those four are most important to people like us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of an introduction, I I have to like completely agree with you, and I never really thought of it that way. That you could really start anywhere if you're a complete like you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, like, who is this guy? So I mean that's the thing. But I mean just the I think the important thing there is just that that's where he sort of established established himself as another sort of like focus on conversation kind of director, mm-hmm. but in a very different way than anybody else had ever done. Yeah. It's interesting too. He he screened at uh, well, they screened at Sundance, right? Yeah. Clerks, and obviously his new film, Yoga Hoser or Hosers, Hosers. Yoga, Hosers, Yoga yeah. Hosers, yeah. Which I saw some trailers for. It looks pretty fucking decent. I didn't even know a trailer was out. I better yeah, better yeah. watch it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I saw some stuff on uh, the YouTube. It's a pretty good site. <laughs> I like it. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, continue. <clears throat> No, that's it. Okay, cool. Show's over. Just two hours of silence. So. <laughs> One thing that's interesting is when he premiered at Sundance, I think that year maybe about 300 feature films were submitted yeah. to, be, to be seen. And he was yeah, – Yeah, and he was one of them. But last well, – Yeah, last year there was like over 5,000 features submitted. So it's just like he could have shined in a time like that. I feel like if he submitted a movie like Clerks nowadays, it would be overshined by so much other stuff. But back yeah. then he was just at the perfect time where – you know, this certain voice that really hadn't been heard kind of could shine. And he really, you know, went to Sundance and promoted himself there. And that's kind of how it clicked. But a lot yeah. harder today, I think. And it's so interesting, too, when you watch the the, the bonus DVD for, for Clerks, how the few people that had seen the film at the time uh, were kind of championing his cause. Um, one one uh, development head over at Miramax... Uh, a gentleman who was a consultant for Sundance, um, who was in the one of the only people in the first in the audience for the first screening, um, a, uh, a writer for the Village Voice, who he was very familiar with. These kinds of people were ended up being this driving force behind the film uh, and and getting it going. And it is so interesting, like you said, because you think back to those days, it's like there's that's literally three hundred VHS cassettes sitting in yeah. a fucking room <laughs> whereas now it's just it's a it's a fucking digital file you upload your screener and yeah. away you go yeah and it's like oh shit i press delete oh well next <laughs> you yeah. know and you'll never find the next kevin smith yeah which is fucking scary man yeah it's crazy it's also way easier to leak stuff though isn't it yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> all this being said though i do i do really like um 
the next wave of films that come out in his in his catalog, you know, from Jane Silent Bob right through Zack and Miri, um and 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 forward because I I feel as though for someone like us again they're super gratifying. Mm-hmm. And uh there's it's just you 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 can't underestimate how much growing up with this guy and and again the access and all of these things really have meant to all of us maybe even subliminally you know not even knowing but you it's 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 so unique cuz when when you see them you're even Jason Lee for example you're you're like holy shit you know I I know him from Kevin Smith films. Mm-hmm. So when you see like My Name is Earl mm-hmm. or you yeah, see yeah. him in a small role in like Vanilla Sky, yeah. you're like, I'm going to fucking watch the American version of Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise, even though I've already seen the other fucking version because Jason Lee is in the goddamn thing. Enemy and of the State. <laughs> Enemy of the State, exactly. For He's on a bicycle. It's taken out by a bike or by, by a bus. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like something I think it was that you said before, Brandon, mm-hmm. like – seeing your friends succeed yeah. with the first four and then going to the next four. Um, it's like, it's always been sort of fourth wall breaking. It's mm-hmm. always been sort of like, you know, fly on the wall kind of stuff and specific situations and characters reacting to those. Once we hit Jay and Silent Bob strike back, it's not just like breaking the fourth wall. It's like they came and sat in the audience with you yeah, and said, okay guys, let's just go for a walk. What do you Hollywood want? Let's have fun together. Yeah. And then, I mean like even Jersey girl on its own is a, a rom-com yeah. kind of thing. Right. Whereas, in the context of the previous five movies, you're watching this this maverick try to fit in, and you kind of have to sort of chuckle along with it, and sort of, you know, find like those little bits of toilet humor in there, those little bits of reality in there. But mm. in the context of a standard movie, and then well, Clerks Two was a cash grab, and then Zach and Mary is like a throwback. It was it nice to revisit those characters. It was I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fine, um, but he didn't get what the next logical progression would be because yeah. he missed that stage. Yeah. So it's either now they're really successful or they're doing the same thing. Yeah. and he went with a smart choice with his understanding of that, and that's he didn't progress through that. But that's stage. it. And then like Zach and Mary feels like a throwback, but also another step forward in the development. It is a sort of a new take on it, yep. you know, 10 years later, whatever it is. And so then breaking it up into like, you know, sets of four, like those four, you know, they fit together. If you sort of twist your logic a little bit, mm-hmm. um, do a little Dutch rudder. Should we explain what the double Dutch rudder is in case anyone <laughs> doesn't know out there in the audience? Well, the Dutch no, Rudder... you should be watching the fucking movies. We're not handing you shit. We're not holding your hand. This show is not... We're not... We don't do fucking too many spoiler alerts yeah, yeah. or any of this shit. There you go. Just watch fucking Zack and Miri and you will... If you haven't... You really should. Especially just the, the scene when, when live, like the band live just comes in and it's like, <laughs> and it's like yes! Yes! I haven't like live in 10 years. <laughs> I can't even remember that part. <laughs> Isn't that on the fucking yep. coffee beans? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... the, the ultimate scene of the movie but i'm saying those four on their own stand on their own they're all a little weird and disparate but again in context of the entire filmography and the universe, it becomes this really cool meta fourth wall kind of thing where yeah. you can enjoy it even more if you are a fan it's interesting i wanted to bring up because you made this uh, this point with uh jane silent bob that it was them coming into the audience mm-hmm. with you i kind of feel that kevin was still in the audience with us for jersey girl i think that mm-hmm. for example carlin coming back 
and his character in particular, um, Affleck's performance, all of these things, uh, they really feel like Kevin being like in the audience next to you, like, eh? Yeah? <laughs> eh? What do you think? Pretty fucking warm and fuzzy, right? <laughs> I love George Carlin, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. High five. And I, I love that. I, I know nothing about this man's real life, in all seriousness, but I feel somehow yeah. <laughs> like I know everything about this guy. Mind you, from his three podcasts that he's on and his podcast network that he is on, <laughs> I guess technically now we're in direct competition. <laughs> uh, it's on, man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> But Kevin, if you're listening, just lay the podium down. And if you remember what that means from that time we were hanging out, cool, shoot me an email. <laughs> Actually, Kevin Smith insulted me personally one time. Nice. <laughs> I, we, it was uh, we went down to the Vulgarthon down in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Me and some, you've got a uh, shirt on for it. I'm wearing the Vulgarthon 2000 shirt right here. Yep. And um, yeah, it was a camera. What it was a Q and A for something. Mm. One of the movies I was playing, and uh, my one buddy asked Kevin, uh, what would you suggest for a you know, aspiring screenplay writer. What, what book should I read? And, he said, and he's like, "Oh, don't read, don't read books, man. Just read screenplays." I yelled out, "He's reading mine right now!" And he's like, "Yeah, I bet that's gonna help." <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how Kevin Smith insulted Ooh. me on a personal level. Uh, 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 uh. Perfect burn. Yeah, that was a good burn. He's, he's, he's pretty good at that. Like I was at the first evening with Kevin Smith in, yeah, Toronto. in Toronto. The first, the first Canadian one he did before, because Evening Harder was the second Canadian one. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was there and somebody, some of the questions were just lame and he yeah. just shut them down. Oh, yeah. Like the first question was like, so what do you think about the new Hulk? And he's like, really? You paid how much to see me? And that's your first question. Honestly, mm-hmm. he hulked out doing taxes. He might as well have been on the toilet. What the <laughs> fuck? And was like, okay. But then somebody else like insulted Alanis Morissette. And he flipped out. And they were like, oh yeah, that traitorous bitch. He's like, first off, it's treacherous. <laughs> and then he goes and rips this dude. And it was like. Didn't miss a beat. He like, has a talent for that. Done. Really tearing someone apart. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's why I bring it up. I was on the end of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't don't fuck with Alanis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> um, I wanted to mention. Uh, well, there was something that I wanted to jump onto that with, but I can't remember it, so we'll have to come back to it. <laughs> no, no, that's no problem. I, I did want to mention though another thing that I love about Kevin Smith is. Uh, our direct competition yeah. uh, <laughs> and, is that uh, he doesn't forget where he comes from and he, he doesn't forget his friends. Obviously now we've seen the show comic book men and uh, you see, say for example, um, the vulgar and uh, you've seen some of the other projects that he's helped get off the ground for his friends back home. And it's so interesting. Like obviously clerks is predominantly made up of, you know, fucking cast and crew that he knew. Um, but the one obviously that, that is so important to his film catalog is, is that friendship that happened at, at Vancouver film school with Scott yeah. Mosier, you know? And I love this story too, the story that he thinks he looked like a guy from 90210 <laughs> and they, <laughs> they didn't get along. Um, and again, something that I would never get, like you don't hear this stuff about, any any other yeah. team uh it's it's so interesting but when you when you hear with such um candid and and uh and honest um conviction <laughs> that uh the, these stories about how like we had nothing we had no fucking idea what we were doing we cut an article out of a magazine that kind of helped us and 
here's the movie. <laughs> it's uh, and then and then watching these two guys and well and everyone learn along the way. It's I love it, and I I I love that everyone like Walt, their friend Walt Walt from the comic book man. He fucking is is like four people. Yeah, I went four. <laughs> I held up, held up three fingers. <laughs> you are on camera. Yeah, four <laughs> people um, in in the in the first in Clerks, and and so is uh, and he was supposed to. He's the berser- berserker guy, right? Like that's who it's based on. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. He's not him in the film, yeah. but they found yeah, they a got, wig or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. great. He's like the guy with the egg that's trying to find the perfect dozen. Yeah, he's the <laughs> he's the egg guy, and then he's two or three other people that come to the counter. Yeah, I actually have a Walt Flanagan story as well. Nice, do it. It was um, obviously down at Vulgarthon in Jersey. We, first thing we got there, um, we went to the uh, Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash comic book store that they mm-hmm. have, yep. and we just arrived in Jersey. We're all excited. And, uh, you know, this guy's handing out T-shirts, the one I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen any people that we know, like, recognize yet. And I'm cashing out and I'm buying a, a comic. And the guy that's cashing me out has a Sharpie in his hand with a big grin on his face. And I'm like, you're Walt Flanagan. He's like, yeah, you want an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> he was at the ready. He had his, like, pen ready nice. to go. And he was the first one that signed this Chasing Amy DVD that I have here. Sweet. Amazing. And then there's Walt Flanagan and then a whole bunch of others. And that's my Walt Flanagan story. God damn it. Joey Lauren Adams is just so fucking beautiful. Yeah. She wasn't there, though. <clears throat> but uh, Carmen Lee was there, Jason Lee's wife. I'm not interested in the story anymore. <laughs> Sweet. She wasn't there. Shut no. down. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on this fucking super cool, wicked cat? We haven't touched much on his aesthetic. Do you want to do a quick, uh, quick round of thoughts on? He gets a lot of shit for his aesthetic, and this bothers me because I don't think he's as haphazard as everyone says. I think he does. He's utilitarian. Yeah, he understands filmmaking. He just there, there's. I love how, for example, like a Kubrick can sit on, um, you know, one shot, and everyone applauds him or applauds the actors. Be, you know, another good example is Woody Allen. He'll he'll try and do everything in in one shot, and then if he needs to do fucking close ups or or different angles and so on, then he'll f- fine, I guess. But so so Woody he uh, is applauded, and then the exact same fucking two as Kevin Smith or as a filmmaker would say, two shot. He loves to say, "I'm the two shot man." Um, is fucking booed. For poor, <laughs> poor fucking framing or poor filmmaking. I literally had uh, someone uh, tell me that that scene in Clerks after after you know the dead guy gets fucked. Uh, <laughs> th- oh, that framing is poor. Like fucking, look how far off to the uh, out of out of the frame or you know off center that shot is, and and how fucking that that composition is shit. And it's like. These guys were making a film. You know what time this fucking shot was filmed at? It was like four in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you work all fucking day, and then stay up and fucking film a movie where you have to turn off all the fucking freezers and everything in the store so that there's no buzz. Then you've got all these different light sources with all different kinds of fucking temperatures, all this shit, and and then you got to go to work in the fucking morning. Again, and do it over and over. And when you get to that fucking scene, if if you have like a guy that's just off centered that tiniest bit, I'm gonna fucking laugh in your face. How would that make you feel? Yeah. Like is this like you said? Yeah. His his scripts are the are the fucking 
uh, you know, the stars of his movies. But at the same time, it, it, it just seems like such a fucking cop out to. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> that's how gonna, I was going to phrase gonna it anyway. Groan every time. Yeah. I was, I was going to phrase it that way anyway. But it just seems like such a fucking bullshit thing to say like oh well, he's not an aesthetically pleasing filmmaker do think he's of it, like, come a long way for one but yeah. even if you look back at mall rats like it, it, he understand he has a visual eye he's a smart guy he's a very smart guy first of all and uh, he, like the fortune teller scenes and some of the shit yeah. like it's framed really fucking well and it's not it, it's actually in an interesting way that that not a lot of fucking filmmakers would do I, I just hate it. I hate it. Well, that's it. the thing. It's like, who's, who's noticing that? Because a lot color of color the... correction is good, too. <laughs> <laughs> really good. But that's the thing. It's like, who's noticing that? Because, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe it's technically not the established, you know, standard, accepted, yeah. standard, de facto way, whatever. Um, but are the, the casual fans and the independent fans, like people, like independent film fans, yeah, and people his... are just like finding it, yeah. are like loving it, and they don't really notice. Because, I mean, the reason the, a lot of these things are sort of institutionalized is because... They look good. They work, and they they keep you invested. They don't take you out of the experience. Did that actually take anybody out other than the film nerds? Yeah, and I hate when people compare compare clerks to slackers. Like uh, Linklater is a completely different yeah, animal, totally and we're going to do a Linklater episode one of these centuries because <laughs> we got a lot of shit on the slate. But uh, it, it's a, it's a different beast. Uh, and yes, I understand it's a jump off point for when he realized that he could do a film on a shoestring budget, but. It's black. It's black and white, uh, or it's night and day. Rather is the analogy I'm looking for. Also a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, right? Sorry. Motorcycle. <laughs> I can't think of who else is in that movie. So motorcycle is the third star in that film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it just. Yeah. It gets on my nerves, man. Like, I just, I'm so sick of hearing people being like, oh, he's a shoddy fucking filmmaker. Like, he should just write scripts. Fuck you. I, I think. Because I, I haven't really liked anything that he's written all that much <laughs> that he hasn't also filmed true. because his, the his comedic heart is in it. And stuff. At least part of it, I think, comes from that, like, uh, millennial ironic dismissal yeah. of, of things that are otherwise very good. Mm-hmm. Like, you you enjoy them so much growing up, and then it it uh, it's what separates you initially from those that you know just don't like good things. <laughs> and then as you grow up, you're surrounded in people that also accept that this is a good thing to you know, and yeah. you you decide you know as as a I want to be cool too. Hipster, yeah, yeah, I I yeah. Well, everybody likes them, so that's no longer a valid opinion. Mm. Like it's it's. It's frustrating because I, I, you know, I like like we were talking about um, the way that people uh, dismiss the dialogue as just just you know different characters playing Kevin Smith. It's it's yeah. like you you really um, I I've heard that argument so many times, but you really do you're really just justifying not liking something that's that's just written so perfectly. Mm. Like what I I, I don't. Um, you know, again, I've made the argument my myself, uh, you know, once or once yeah. or twice, and I, I. Yeah, we've all said that he's in love with his words, which he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, there's a difference between not being a fan and actively like tearing something down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, for me, his films are the these. 
they're they're I wouldn't say they're time capsules. I think that's an irresponsible thing to say. I think that they they connect with the human condition in a way that not a lot of filmmakers even endeavor to do because they underestimate the value in in the uh mundane and also the beauty in it. You know, that that some human interaction on a very uh simple level is actually uh very compelling, very compelling stuff and and can be humorous and you can get your social commentary in there and then conversely can be very um emotional and um you can you can with that do very little and just have an emotional moment or you can again inject some social commentary as he's often done uh, i just i don't like that he's an irresponsible uh, the the thought that he's an irresponsible filmmaker or that he's a he's a haphazard filmmaker when it comes to uh, his shooting or any of these things. I think that he is somewhat perpetuating that lore himself, but that's fine. Self-deprecating humor and just knocking someone down are two different things. And and the latter bothers me. Um, it also bothers me that I feel as though a lot of the people doing this kind of thing are those who are hurt by the fact that it just seems so easy for Kevin. Yeah. They're jealous, you know. most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like your mom being like, they're just jealous of you. They're not actually living up to his potential. Well, imagine he fucking was, because then he'd just be destroying everyone. <laughs> you mom. know, if in your mind, what you believe his potential to be is, which, how, how do you know him? Anyone else want to rant? Because I just went real fucking <laughs> well, negative for like two that, minutes. But I mean, that's the thing. There, there, there's been... And I was looking at Devin the whole time, and I could tell she's like, oh, what the fuck? Dude, look at Jesse. <laughs> But that's the thing, like, there's, there, it definitely seems in recent years, and I mean, really since, I want to say, like, not so much Jersey Girl, because, I mean, that got some flack, but, I mean, it was really since, like, I feel like, you know, Cop Out and Red State, yeah. that there's been more of a divide mm. in, in the fandom, in, in movie reviewers, in just, like, the online culture and that kind of thing. You know, like, I have friends who are movie reviewers who have gotten into, like, you know, message board arguments, comment arguments with Kevin Smith. Um, I, and other people that I, I love their opinion. If they touch a Kevin Smith movie, they just tear it to pieces. And I'm like, I love your opinion, except for that. Like, I don't understand the vitriol. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't understand, like, where it comes from or what's going on. I'm like, it's, like I said before, if you don't like it, if it doesn't speak to you, if it didn't, like, sink in right away, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. You don't have to like everything. It's, it's, it's okay. But, I mean, just, like, this, this, this anger. I, I don't understand it. Maybe yeah. I'm ignorant and I'm not as involved. Or maybe something happened behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. But... It's really strange. And I wonder if it's just like people, you know, hurt because, you know, he didn't stick with their nostalgic first four movies style in everything he did. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, sour grapes or like, oh, you were the chosen one and you let us down, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Or if the new movies are actually just terrible and we're just fanboys, you yeah, know, like I don't I don't I, really know what it is. I, 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 I accept that I may be incorrect. But I don't feel like I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And even if – maybe it's a Canadian thing or something. We're apologists. Yeah. <laughs> but it just doesn't feel as though um, it seems – the assaults don't seem – sens- Yeah, exactly. They don't uh, – whatever. Also, I, I think the whole after, – after Red State, you just come out and be like, okay, this True North trilogy, uh, it's an interesting – it's an interesting declaration to make. So maybe you know, is that it? Maybe, it's like, yeah, maybe. It's just like you guys are the only ones who still like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I kind of like his take on Canada because it's so over the top and ridiculous. It's but, just like New Jersey, yeah. though, when he does it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly, like New like, Jersey in the winter. The way he des- to Canada. the way he described how he covers Canada is when he was a kid, he took a road trip to Canada, mm-hmm. and based on the little bit of time that he had there, that's the entire. That's how he pictured all of Canada being. But of course, when you go across the border, it's going to be like touristy places, and they're going to have like all the maple syrup on the walls and yeah, shit. Yeah. And it's that's that. So that's that's his Canada. It's not like some people go, oh, he doesn't know, he doesn't understand what Canada is like. It's like no, it's just he's doing a different version of it. What's that fucking song? It's like uh, look out, California. <laughs> oh, oh um, by Pilot. Pilot, um, yeah. That's, here comes Canada. Yeah, that's his wow. understanding of Canada. Just <laughs> open doors. Dude, mountains, pilot. Degrassi Junior High. <laughs> wow, it, it is a. If you haven't heard it, listen. The to hook that is song. amazing, dude. That, I, that, that I have hook. Pilot's second album before they changed the name to Pilot Speed. No, no, no. Diff- the real Different. Pilot. Okay, good. I thought you were talking about the Canadian band from OCAD, and I was like, no, 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 no. It should. The hook should have tipped you off. That I that know. I was not talking about a, a modern era band. <laughs> do I know there anything? Was an ooh, ooh, in there. Do I know anything about music? No. What? Check out the new Deadly Hopeful record. Uh, <laughs> it's barely music. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> Fuck. Let's go to break. <laughs> Please. It's warm in here. I just want to remind everyone to visit our website, moviesruinmylife.com. We're just getting started with all of this, so send us your ideas. What do you want to hear on the show? What do you want to see on our site? Get in touch with us. Tell us what you think. Tell us off. Whatever. MoviesRoomMyLife.com. That's where you're going to find us. Um, okay, guys, look, I don't know what you've been talking about because I just got here, but you're all wrong. So fucking dogma it is. Dogma is the best. And uh, I just pretty much came over to, to tell you that. I heard you were recording this today, and I got a little little pissed off that uh, nobody was going the dogma route as far as I knew so that's why I'm here <laughs> and uh, Sorry to disappoint, sir. and whatever you've been talking about uh, since before I got here is, is just bullshit so, so everyone should have just started listening now <laughs> and you should stop listening now <laughs> all right Okay, so we're back, and uh, one more thing that I want to get into just before we get into our debate. Um, something that I, I super underestimated the importance of when I was younger, and also being from Toronto, uh, the diversity that we have here, it, 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 we take it for granted, I think, a lot. And um, so, f- for example, with a filmmaker like Kevin Smith and, and how important his voice is to America— in terms of, say, for example, gay rights, we all know his brother is gay, and um, and in this very beautiful and subversive way, he's almost reminded everyone that we're all the same to a certain extent, or that we're all different and beautiful is is a better way of putting it, I think. And maybe that wasn't done intentionally, but I think maybe sharing himself to the extent that he has, um, along with the films, um, and, and, and being a voice for the outcast, it, it's meant so much. And, and so to see, you know, in Canada, again, maybe we don't exactly get like how, uh, important something like gay marriage is to the United States because it's like, okay, we just take it for granted that, uh, you know, two gay people who are in love can get married or things like this. It's just, 
uh, he he's never kind of heralded as a champion to any causes, but he certainly doesn't shy away from his opinions, and I think that that is is really really nice. I like it. Good guy, sweet dude, good fella. Yeah, <laughs> hot guy. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so gentlemen, in classic Mermel no prep debate style, we're going to decide which film of our elected films is the best to watch while fucking stoned out of your mind. Mm -hmm. And Devin, sir, you are up first, and what's your selection? My selection is Mallrats, and my, my thinking behind this one is... If you're really, really, really high, you probably don't want a whole lot of like dark moments. Like I, I don't know as much as as much as it's certainly not the funniest of his movies, and certainly not, um, not you know, not full of even the best moments to to see while high. It's just consistently light and 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 funny the whole way through. I mean, it's a great great movie. Oh, totally. But uh, but there's no none of those moments that are going to take you to a bad place that you do not want to go to. Not gonna it, it, like the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Oh, that's what I should be plugging. I'm trying to to sell a Volkswagen right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I got a 2008 Golf. If anyone's interested, give me a. a Shout if I ever give you my Instagram or whatever. <laughs> yeah, go to the website. Go to the website. Look at pictures. And then go to Craigslist. Just watch out what you look for there. Some weird shit will show up. And then uh, look for cars, not the other one. Yeah, and then you look too. Not casual encounters. No, no, no. <laughs> Role playing and fetishes. Somewhere in there, there's a golf. Yeah. <laughs> you have to look at all those ads first, though. <laughs> Whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Sorry, please on. continue, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> But, we uh, talked a little bit off there too about uh, some some uh, some of the the finer points in Jason Lee's character and being so relatable. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, one of the things uh, I mentioned earlier was just about how um, the the conversations while while you know about these these um, you know the, these uh, just these these sideline topics that just don't really don't really mean anything in the context of the movie, but just giving such. Uh, you know, such such deep, uh, fleshed out characters in, in how people people treat these situations. Um, one of the things I I mentioned when we were out uh, outside on the break uh, was just the um, the opening when Jason Lee and Shannon Doherty are are uh, talking. She wants him to you know to uh, introduce her uh, to his mom, and and uh, he he just sort of uh, he like he picks up the uh, the. Genesis controller and just start you know, like goes back to to a game of, uh, of you know of, of hockey where he's he's playing as the Hartford Whalers and, just <laughs> and it and it's just so um, so funny how how important he he <laughs> like this this the fact that Hartford is winning is just it it trumps you know everything that's going on in his life right now. Hartford, the whale. <laughs> <laughs> and it just explains so much about who he is as a as a character. Um and uh just you know it just doesn't even really need much exposition beyond that point. You just you get him uh at at that point. I think that's um 
such a great moment. Um, there's there's a lot of just moments that haven't gotten less funny uh, to me over over the years, like uh, the the escalator bit is just amazing. <laughs> And kids sitting down on the escalator. So that's kind of a, an example of his comedic timing as a director. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe Jason Lee said that the first time, or maybe Kevin Smith crafted that. Like <laughs> a lot of times, like maybe his shots aren't the greatest, but his comedic timing and the way he directs his actors is really where he shines as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely. Just he, yeah, the he fact- is very much a drill sergeant too, especially with dialogue. People again say that he's you know fucking haphazard and just presses fucking record and walks away and goes and has a smoke or something. It's all the little things though. I mean, there's just, there's not like five minutes that goes by without something funny happening. And, and they're not all like laugh out loud, insanely funny. Like the, the escalator uh, is such a a memorable point. Like that kid's back on the fucking escalator. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but it's still, it's not that great of a joke. It's just, it's just, it, you know, you've you've been or the guy that's staring at the fucking uh, <laughs> schooner, the magic guy, poster guy, yeah. you dumb bastard. <laughs> it's a schooner. <laughs> Would you like a chocolate covered pretzel? Also a classic moment. Oh fuck! Yeah, we've all gotten stoned and watched this fucking movie. Yeah. So oh, there's yeah. no <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts. It's a good one. Um, I love the, uh, we talked about this off air too, just the, the, the 16 year old girl with doing the sex study Oh yeah, and how she, uh, that's such a brilliant character and maybe, maybe an either accidental or intentional nod to, you know, a little Kubrick and uh, a little Nabokov in there or something, a little, a little, a little Lolita situation. I don't know. But, um, I, I, I love that because, uh, one, they use it as a conduit to an important uh, reoccurring joke in the film being that he likes to have sex in an uncomfortable place. <laughs> what do you mean in the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> uh, and that that fucking joke, you can you can break that joke out with a complete stranger on the street. <laughs> and they, they're like, yeah. And it's like you're part of a fucking fan club together or something like you. You have a decoder ring and like we're on the same fucking page here. Uh, and it's so interesting. I, I fuck man, it's a great it's, fucking movie. <laughs> it's also my favorite presentation of Silent Bob and Jay because they are obviously like this, this, um, this, you know, standout kind of peanut gallery in all all of the films. You know, they're kind of separate from from uh, the main yeah. plot in a lot of ways and in a lot of his films. But they kind of go from in Clerks being just these these um, you know kind of side gag characters to to just being these these you know, larger than life. Like, uh, um, even though I, I, I love it, uh, in chasing Amy, like silent Bob, just, just like <laughs> finally oh, talking, yeah. just breaking it down. Yeah. Just, just so perfectly. That coffee shop scene is fucking beautiful. Um, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, like I really like in mall rats that they are, um, they're, they're kind of this, this, uh, separate larger than life, uh, side plot of, of just the, all of these elaborate schemes to, to take out LaFleur's, like, the <laughs> swinging from, from the, uh... They got the blueprints and everything. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually bought, like, replicas of those blueprints nice. and had them up in my room when I was a kid. <laughs> and, They're like, still there, aren't they? Uh, they might be. <laughs> <laughs> but It's just, like, a bunch of exercise equipment in your old room. My mom still has my Indiana Jones poster, and I want it back, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't, they don't interrupt the main plot. They just, you know... 
uh, it's so different. It's so like, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit like surreal in this otherwise kind of mundane, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, uh, series of happenings. But, but, uh, you know, it's, it's this, uh, this whole other level of enjoyment where I feel like in all, in all of the other films, they've, they've kind of been an interruption to the story. They're like a break, um, almost in, in, uh, oh, they're like a fixture. They're the chorus. They're yeah. the outside voice. Right. Yeah. yeah but uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that only because of the fact that I understand exactly what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. And I believe I agree there's validity to it, but say for example, a film like clerks to break down, um, the moments that that say, for example, like the the where it cuts to them and and Jay's fucking dancing outside the store and stuff, um, in a very interesting way that does allow you that breath that that film needs, mm. and and so they as although you are right, I think that they are also throughout all the films, regardless of their role in them. Um, a conduit to pushing the story forward and also um, a bridge to the audience, so to speak. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're getting a little restless? Okay, well, you know, this is a moment where you can kind of stretch your legs, Well, that, that's whatever. What like, and... it, is, it is like a, a classical, I guess, chorus, I think is the term. I think, yep. I, I, think I said that in another one of our, our, our podcasts, but it's that idea, it's the scenery is coming to life. tapping into the zeitgeist? Exactly. I said that a couple <laughs> times too, didn't I? Okay, so I can't do any more episodes because I've used all of them now. But, um, but no, but I mean, that's the thing. They are like kind of the scenery coming to life, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, think, I think you both have a point there and I think you're both like narrowing in on the same mm. point but coming at it from very different perspectives and like you said, they're both valid. Yeah. But I mean, that's the idea of, yeah, it's the scenery coming to life. I like that you said larger than life mm-hmm. in Mallrats because, mm-hmm. you know, like the utility belt. And that kind of stuff. But at the same time, right, it is a plot device that sort of, you know, yeah, nods it, to you and moves it forward. It very much like, is. I, th- I think they can be both. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. And they're, they're <laughs> so again, there there's this, you know, um, throwback to a very traditional storytelling right. method and all of these angry anti kevin smith folks being like there's no art in what he does or there's no this or that and you can't help but kind of giggle in in the hypocrisy of what they're spouting <laughs> yeah it seems so fucking childish in any case i'm sorry we've derailed you incredibly yeah. Devin. in clerks they're just kind of there uh in in their own movies i feel like it's a little bit too over the top mm. and so in mall rats i think is the perfect like Mix, yeah, the perfect mix of of just just these guys that are up to no good, but then they, they've got all of these like insane schemes. Like they keep on trying to <laughs> hit Lafour's in the head with a sack of quarters. Yeah. Like, bam, goes down. <laughs> just so good. Just think about how, like, okay, so you're stone. You're watching this film, and you moments that would totally fuck me up uh, are obviously the third nipple. That's good. Um, Stanley just fucking showing up. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, fucking uh, what? Uh, the just the dating game breaking out in a fucking mall. <laughs> <laughs> You're the kind of guy that would beg for sex. Trust me, we can smell our own. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the dude from Clerks. That was the the, the contestant. On yeah. It. Again, there's just there's just no darkness. I mean, the only moment that that I feel like, you know. The only moments, uh, I guess, that might might uh, you know might not just just 
just keep the the laughs rolling come at the very beginning of the movie mm. like when um uh when um Shannon Doherty uh is pissed oh, off at and, Jason Lee yeah, and when and um, and Claire Forlani yeah. is pissed off at uh Jeremy London those those are the only moments and they happen at the very beginning so the the rest of your movie can just be uh a laugh parade yeah um and yeah, I I mean that's that's pretty much all I need. I don't know. I mean I mean again, I I I think there are there are funnier individual moments, but but just the the fact that it keeps uh keeps them going for so long and doesn't really have a very serious weighty plot makes it for me just the best for, for the best specifically Before if you want to get purposes. really high and watch a Kevin Smith movie. That's, yeah. I, Which is what we want to do. That's all I've got to say. I don't know. Yeah. No, you present a valid argument. There's, there's no, there's no downer in that mm. film. So yeah. Well, when, um, when Ben Affleck kind of beats him up, it's a little, uh, Oh it's, yeah. It's a bit too much. Like even Kevin Smith on the auto commentary said like, he played it like way too like he like just beats a shit out of him. <laughs> it's the one part in the movie where it's like, oh, okay, well, this is a bit much. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's just all lighthearted, fun, good shit. And they talk a lot about superhero penises as well. Yeah. So yeah, you know, can't go wrong there. <laughs> can't go wrong with a good superhero penis. Yep. Weird. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic, you know. How yeah. long does it go? <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well you know what? That that is something that we need the note to know the answer, right? Yeah. If you if you can stretch it out, does that mean the rest of him shrinks because it's all going into there? So can he be like two inches tall with like a th- <laughs> six foot cock? <laughs> like <laughs> that's important. Well, is that what we're talking about? Or that's, that's I just, what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, I, it's a, yeah. We're going to have to do some fucking research into this. this is, and the thing is, you, you, can, you, can do, you can do any research you want. I'm going to pass yeah. on that because I'm going to. Uh, Actually, speaking of um, superhero penises, one question I had <laughs> <laughs> was Wolverine. Yeah. If he was circumcised as a child and his mutant ability came in when he's like more of a teenager, would the foreskin grow back? I think it would have to. Huh. Yeah. I think it would. I don't think it would. I don't think it would. It's hard to say. Now, we actually, I actually looked further because, into this yeah, <laughs> because I because want... Because he doesn't, like, he doesn't, uh, yeah, he, he, he's, he, he stops at, at a fixed yeah. age and then, yeah. Exactly. Or he does age still, but it slows. Yeah, it's a lot know. slower. And then we actually, I actually did some research because he was born in like the 1800s or 1700s or something in Alberta and they were not performing circumcisions circumcision, at the time. Yeah. And that ruined my entire argument. Mm. So, so it's still fun to think about. So there's like a whole thing <laughs> on the internet of whether or not he's still got foreskin. I like, think obviously yeah. other people are have the same question. That's fucking crazy. So you're watching an X Men themed porno, and Wolverine comes out, and and the actor fucking whips it out, and you're like, "That's not fucking Wolverine. <laughs> That's not accurate. Wolverine's uncut. <laughs> fucking stunt cock. <laughs> Bullshit." <laughs> Fuck! I can't. Uh, I can't think about Kevin Smith movies. Now. I was just thinking about Wolverine's Forest. The conversation <laughs> that we're having is a Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, okay. And I, I was actually, I, I think I was watching them all rats, and then thinking about superhero penises, and that's why I thought, like, would Wolverine have that? So I went on Facebook, and we had a whole discussion <laughs> about it. And someone looked up the facts, and it doesn't matter. So okay, well, here's <laughs> one for you. You know, uh, Colossus, I think his name. He, yeah. Steel. Yeah. He turns into steel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
if he like had a boner and went like that, and then he, you know, say he didn't even know about it or whatever, would he have? Okay, so I guess the question is, would the steel be the size of him normal or the size of him fully erect, or does it just depend it's, on what's yeah, going it's, on? It's whatever state is he's there in. Like, if someone cut off his steel, arm, then it is there steel extra steel just in case he gets a hard one? Like, yeah, an extra so, little, little extra yeah, blood. There's a little reason. like give give room. Okay. All right. Well, that makes that's that's okay. yeah. Because that that superpower works is that like it doesn't. But it's doesn't, like if it he's got a boner, there's not enough to cover his ear. Maybe. Well, no, it's not that the the metal comes out from. <laughs> you see like, what I'm getting point. at? <laughs> yeah, so he's got one ear that's susceptible yeah, like, because he's got a heart on. Somebody put a Viagra in my fucking coffee today, and now I got my ears exposed. Is that? <laughs> that's a valid point, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's not how Colossus' power works at all. <laughs> so I'm way off. Okay, I'm a, yeah. thanks for that's why I wasn't here for the X Men one, I guess, because that's all I'd be thinking about. Yeah. Why, did, why does Rogue always make such a big deal about how she can't bang? Like, obviously, like with especially with a guy like Gambit, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. be throwing a condom on that. Yeah, like, yeah, with yeah. Gambit, yeah. So what's the big deal? Why? What's the problem? Why yeah. can't they bang all the time? Have you ever really worn a condom, buddy? <laughs> Have you ever? Worn a <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I got eight what? kids. Not the best. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna stay out of this argument because <laughs> <laughs> I need to do the next episode. Unlike Dave, who gets to go home and forget about and this, this for a month. And this moment right here is why Mallrats is the best Kevin Smith movie right. to watch. So now I got to change my answer to Mallrats. <laughs> Are you prepared, sir? Oh, yeah. Fuck. All right, Dave. Let's do it. Uh, it's going to be brief, and, and you have to forgive me. I haven't seen the film in a couple of years. So we, oh, I thought we you were going to just say I haven't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can open it up. Um, but the, the reason I'm yeah, going to... we all help each other. The out. reason I'm going to go with Dogma while you're stoned is very simply the cast. Because you've got George Carlin, and then holy fuck, is that Alan Rickman? Yes, it's holy Alan fuck, Rickman. Chris yeah. Rock. Yes. Holy fuck, Matt Damon. And then ben Alanis Affleck, Morissette, Alanis whatever. Morissette, like I, I know Selma that Selma Hayek. A lot of people were were weirded out by that whole thing, but I was whatever. Who gives a fuck? You know yeah, what I mean? Who gives a fuck what people um, think? The I... shit monster. Oh yeah. yeah. Like and the Buddy Christ. Imagine just smoking a big gagger and then fucking seeing that fucking Buddy Christ. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna do that tonight. Um, and I forget her name, but the chick, the the main girl that works at the abortion clinic. The, anyway, whatever. I'm I'm not prepared. <laughs> she's she's awesome too. Like she does a really isn't, good isn't job. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> I I don't know. And then honestly, like the the whole no ticket thing in Dogma. Come on. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that's the biggest reason because, um, like I couldn't, I have to go do this now. That's my, my mission for, for when I'm home next is to just, you know, eat a bunch of brownies. When or you're something. home next, who the fuck are you? The Incredible Hulk or something? Well, <laughs> I, I got, I got to work tonight. I mean, tomorrow, whatever. Mm. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, you want some sad walking yeah. away music? Well, yeah. <laughs> like the little violin. No, it's just piano, for bro. me. Oh, is it the piano? Well, sorry, in your analogy, yes. I don't know. Sorry, little I, don't, I don't even know. Maybe I'm high right now. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain a lot more. Let's just talk more about superhero dicks. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, like that's, you know, it's not something I ever thought I'd be talking about, but it's fucking intriguing, really. Yeah. Now, this movie is, is fucking awesome because... Uh, 
the the contrast of the fucking poop monster and the fucking chantilly clad Selma Hayek certainly left me conflicted at moments. You know, am I how am I supposed to be responding to these scenes? Right. Um. Yeah. Buddy Christ is fantastic. Oh, fuck. I, love I actually had a little Buddy Christ figurine for the longest time. I have no <laughs> idea what happened to it. But it brought me inspiration. Oh yeah. No, that's that's my that's they're all. Most of the movies are good, but I, I just love the cast, the cameos, everything about that movie. And Alan Rickman has no dick in that movie. Yeah, uh, yes, he pulls that's the pants a very, down, and the angels don't have junk. That's the very good point. He does not. Now, Devin, you didn't pick this movie specifically for the reason that it was a bit of a downer, didn't it, you? It is, but I'm I'm thinking about it right now, and it's it's a lot of. Like I guess I guess it's it's maybe just what you like to do when you get really really stoned that makes the difference here. I mean, I I like to get mellow, you know? I mm. I don't like to I don't I don't like things that shock me. It's the same reason why I don't like uh you know, doing like uh, mushrooms or something like <laughs> that. Like it's just too much for me. Like and and so from that standpoint yeah, i can some see fucking bad trips like I, you get paranoia oh, yeah. and, and like, <laughs> we've talked about this before you guys like, are pussies watched on fucking shrooms, one time dude on i think everything fucking... has happened to me before mm. so it's mm. like it's just perpetual deja vu not enough practice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i i mean i guess that's like valid point the argument in favor no, of, not of, joking, of dogma then i suppose is that that sort of that shock i mean both from yeah, from the cast like, standpoint all these people coming out of he was right nowhere and and it surprises you just constantly you know like there's there like the shit demon uh the um uh uh, what's his name? Alan Rickman showing you his his like uh, his Barbie doll <laughs> dick space, <laughs> and just like like every everything kind of um, kind of comes out of left field. Where I suppose in a movie like Marats, I mean, there aren't really many surprises, um, save for maybe when you when you see Joey Lauren Adams' chest of you know, what's it called in the change. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pretty much the only surprise. Pretty you pretty much know what you're getting the entire That's a good surprise, rest of the though, time. Yeah. You know, I was just on the IMDb here and you know what I, I I the first thing that popped up and and if I was tripping this would be a, a fucking piece of information <laughs> that I would love to have <laughs> is that um for the character Azrael who J- is Jason Lee, right? Fucking Bill Murray, John Travolta and fucking Adam Sandler were all considered. Oh, crazy. <laughs> okay, I gotta leave. Yeah. So D- Dave's taking off mid episode. Yeah, it, this is up. weird. Uh, I came late and I'm leaving. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, sorry I wasn't invited or came over unannounced. <laughs> all right, Brent, you're up. What is your selection? I mean, this, was a, this was a tough one uh, because I think what we were talking about before, how, you know, different films in the filmography appeal to different types of people. Mm hmm. As like as an entry point, you know, a lot of them really do stand on their own, and context just makes them even more like richer experiences. You know, um, so my my approach to this is like, how do you fuck with somebody who's baked, <laughs> right? And I feel like I want to say Tusk because it's just like what the fuck. But I I admit I haven't seen Tusk. I've been meaning to. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible person. Um, I'm sorry, Kevin, but I've actually tried to watch this three fucking times, and I can't make it through. Uh, it, it makes no sense because I I like the actors, I like the fucking writer, I like the director. 
Same guy. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to get with you, man. I'm really – I got high hopes for Yoga Hosers and maybe it'll draw me back into it. Well, that's it. Like, cause, you know, Tusk was one of those ones where the trailers I was pretty stoked and I just – yeah, I haven't given it the time I think I need to give it. Um, and like something like, you know, Red State makes, I don't think makes any sense for this argument. And something like Cop Out, I think makes perfect sense just because it's ridiculous, but I haven't been able to get through it. Yeah. You know, it so. Me a few times too. And you feel like something like Jay and, Stra- Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back would be perfect because it's really messing with your perception of, of film in general. But, um, but no, so my choice is actually, I think I'm going to go Chasing Amy just because. Uh, like you were saying, like they're not time capsules, but they are of a time. Mm. You know, they are, these are universal themes. But the time when that was made, the conversation about the subject matter was very different. And it's something that I haven't watched recently, but I need to go back to. I feel like I, I owe it to myself, my friends, society, and Kevin mm. Smith to go back to and and look at it with you know more uh, developed, more awake eyes and perspective and that kind of thing no i agree it's where it's one just of those like ones i love revisiting and that's the thing so and i mean if you're if you're not in your normal state of mind if you're if you're elevated here and you're watching that <laughs> the question is do you like oh man i never thought of it that way or are you like oh man this is so offensive now <laughs> you know and i mean that's the thing i need to sort of draw those conclusions still and i think that conversation is going to change again in the next five ten years and, and you know you were talking about kevin smith being sort of a um an underappreciated champion of yeah of you know and then that's the kind of thing where i'm just like i feel like this is one where it's just like was he way ahead of his game or was he way off and has he developed since mm-hmm. you know does zach and miri somehow tie into that mm-hmm. with like you know jay's character and in, in that movie and, and that kind of thing so i mean like you know i'm, I'm definitely uh, approaching this with broad strokes but I think that's the one because at this point it's an interesting experiment. So maybe watching one of them, you know, high is something I should try. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one maybe I should try it with. I actually have watched this film high. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in and help you out a little bit if that's okay, Please sir. Please do because I think I'm running out of steam here. <laughs> what, what I can tell you I took away from the experience is, is one, Jason Lee's character is fucking solid. Mm. Um, and two... All of these things started to come to me when I started to, like, come back to. Like, when I woke up the next day and re-entered my normal life, mm. I started reflecting on things that I would just been giggling about mm-hmm. the, the night previous. And, uh, and I think this might have been – I can't remember, but I think we were in a band together at the time, Dev, but I don't think you were there. And we, we threw this on after, you know, a little, little experimentation. <laughs> and uh, and I, I – in all seriousness, I, I I couldn't have been that old at, at the time, uh, and uh, and I remember thinking like, "You sneaky fucking bugger! You just, just you gave me all these things to think about, and and I didn't fucking catch them. It's like you know, you slipped me a fucking information roofie. <laughs> you had to you digest it, <laughs> you know, and." Uh, it, that that is uh that's a really good feeling you know uh, to to think because it's one thing to go into a film and uh, in an inebriated state and really enjoy it and then the next day or the a few hours later or whatever you you go back to things and uh, it, it it take nothing away from it but that's an interesting piece because you do take so much of it with you and Jesse you already alluded to it being your favorite film and it uh, it certainly gives you a lot of important questions to 
Uh, you know, and a lot of things to evaluate with all the characters, even minor characters in that film. There's so much there mm-hmm. that you can read into, and it's fucking. What is the um, sweet the name of um, uh, the black comic book writer who's uh, Hooper X? Hooper X. That's actually that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's, my favorite scene in that movie is <laughs> at the beginning when um, he's this like Black Panther, Black Power kind of guy. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, my book classic talks about the white man and all that shit. And then he like you know fake shoots Holden or whatever his name what's is. There. A <laughs> what, what's a Nubian? What's a Nubian? Oh, what's the thing he says? Well, oh yeah, Darth Vader, Nubian <laughs> yeah. god, blackest brother in the galaxy. And in the end, they take his helmet off to reveal a crusty old white man. They're trying to say we all wants to be white. Well, well isn't that true? <laughs> Black rage. <laughs> Start shooting and shit. And then it turns out he's queer as a three dollar bill. He's <laughs> he's putting on this character, and he's really like uh, like an effeminate gay man. And uh, that character, I, I is one of my favorites. Kevin Smith like uh, characters, I'd yeah. say. Oh yeah, fantastic. <laughs> the little kid comes up to him to get like the the comic side. It's <laughs> just like. Keep your eyes on it. <laughs> <laughs> and the little kid just staring down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Great movie. Any final thoughts, uh, sir? I, I, I think we've... Uh... I think we've hit it. I think yeah. we kind of beat the shit out of it in the best way possible. Yeah, this is a fun one also to get stoned to. And you're right, in a completely different way because you fucking... You think a lot. Yeah. It, and I don't think it's a downer. Like, you can totally fucking... No, there's hope. Have some snacks and shit and fucking enjoy this. That's it. Take a little nap and get back at it. I say, I look at it as a challenge and a challenge you can have a lot of fun with. Mm. Yeah. Talk about blowing your mind with that uh, Silent Bob talking scene, too. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like what? You're what? Like, and rewind. <laughs> Jason, Amy. <laughs> All right, so let's take a little break, come back, and uh, Jesse and I will throw our nominations, our hats in the ring, and uh, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Yep. Get I actually kind of got to pee. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. You, you get at it. Yeah, we'll be rooting you. On. We'll be rooting you on. Do you want applause when you come back? Okay. All right, get a laugh track and an applause ready. Too sweet. All right, and we're back, and uh, I guess I'm up next, because we, we're doing something different today. We're going to let Jesse bring us home, because you brought a fucking picture of you with... I am the only person in the room with a picture of myself with Kevin Smith, so I think <laughs> because of that, I get the final, final I'm set. going to let go. Okay, <laughs> but that's just because our sex tape hasn't come out This yet. is true. Yeah. <laughs> Not you and I, me and Kevin. Oh, I see. Yeah, you were just filming. I was, yeah, well, I was there, right? <laughs> Fuck. Like, if you release it yourself, it's okay, right? Well, yeah, some people, it's a strategic... Uh, yeah, okay, I support yeah. that, I guess. Mm. The Instagram yeah. pictures are coming first, and then the sex thing, so it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. It's certainly going to boost our profile. I'm going to get, like, fucking three more Twitter followers from that shit. Three, four, like, it's gonna, I'm going to blow up. Tight. All right. So... <clears throat> I'm selecting Clerks as my choice film to get high to. Um, 
again because I actually have also gotten stoned and watched this one as well as Chasing Amy and Mallrats and the likes. Actually, ironically, I haven't gotten high and watched Jane Silent Bob, which is <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> but I'm childlike enough as it is already to enjoy that film. Um, the reason I'm selecting Clerks is because there. Well, one thing about the film is that. Like you kind of already alluded to, Devin, is that as much as it's a coherent story, there is vignette type elements to it with the obviously the, um, the, you know, the letter cards that kind of cue to where the scene is going, et cetera, et cetera. Also, just watching, um, um, you know, a black and white film when you're fucking stoned is sweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think my argument's really going to be over when I say uh, my love for you is like a truck berserker. <laughs> Would you like for making fuck berserker? Did he say making fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I really have to say anymore because the next day I was literally like, you know, in fucking school, like about to be suspended for fucking singing that. But, you know. I sing that shit to this day. Yeah. <laughs> that so, yeah, so fucking good, man. And this is why I'm single. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it's just such a fucking sweet movie because it is, it is all these moments that I've almost had with my friends. You know, the whole concept of... Uh, uh, the the hockey on the roof, the just you know haphazardly closing the store. I once closed the music store I worked at to go and buy dog food, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I uh, I also love the coolest thing about this film when you're high is that you you're going to think, especially if you haven't seen the film before. Didn't I already see that guy? Didn't I already see that girl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, there's a scene where Scott Mosier is talking to Scott Mosier in the fucking movie. He's on a fucking ladder yelling at them playing hockey on the roof. And then he yells down at bearded Scott Mosier. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, there's and there's so many of those. Like, it's it's fucking brilliant. Um there's there's obviously the the all of the, the the lung thing right off the beginning and this fucking rally and then veronica comes in with the fucking uh <laughs> a fire extinguisher yeah, yeah. and gets up on the counter cancer and... merchant <laughs> <laughs> just there's so many great moments the fucking and and also my my thought process at the time like when they went with the guidance counselor joke with the fucking egg the perfect egg yeah <laughs> <laughs> just fucking amazing and then, like, uh, Kevin Smith's sister talking about, uh, you know, that's why I do something with purpose. You know, I, I uh, manually uh, <laughs> masturbate. Caged animals caged for animals. artificial insemination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, just so many great moments in this film. And things that, like, you're, you're listening to this and, and you got to stop the movie and, like, rewind. Yeah, yeah, I did fucking hear that. Okay, I'm not just really fucking high. You know how much the average jizz mopper makes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck, man. What's a nudie booth? <laughs> oh, uh, gotta say the impressions spot on today. Yeah, I, I try, I try. Yeah, 
That's why you got. That's why you got the clap. Well, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't be spreading rumors now. <laughs> I was, was going to say the applause clap when you came out applause? of the bathroom, but yeah, that's why you got an applause when you came out of the bathroom, sir. For those just tuning in, I went to the bathroom. I got an applause when I came back upstairs. <laughs> you did not get the clap from the bathroom. You did not get the clap. You didn't get a clap by using our fucking bathroom here. For future guests, you are not going to leave our bathroom with an STD. Oh, wow. That we're aware of. <laughs> wow. You might want to get checked. <laughs> Guys, I think we broke Devin. I think Devin's just done, man. <laughs> Thank God we had him percent first. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the clap. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just watch the fucking clerk stuff. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, if, <laughs> if I can just sort of, like, add something to it. And, like, we come back to it if you have more. But, I mean, it's just I was – I can't – not think of clerks or can't think of clerks and not think of the animated series. Yeah. I love the animated series. Yeah. And it just sold after like four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that was they the played thing, them I mean, out of order. It was ridiculous. I mean, like, but that thing, it's got to be in order because the first episode is yeah. previously on clerks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, like it, it's, it's good. Actually, no, just side note. I was pissed because I bought it. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I have like the two DVD set. The first DVD is a misprint. So it's actually, they're both the second DVD. So oh, I don't have shit. the first few episodes. And I'm just like, this is clearly a misprint, but what do I do? Did do you I... keep your receipt and return it or what? No, I bought it used. I bought it used. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, I shouldn't have said that. Damn it. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, no, the, the whole thing is, is just like, I, I like what you're saying, especially with like, you know, Scott Mosier doing multiple roles and really messing There's with you. And then all, the, all of them I'm do. Saying, Walt if, has multiple roles. And that's thing, but like, if you want to make a night of it. camera guy's name? I can't think of it. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's like six different fucking guys in that film. But that's the thing, like, you could you could make, like, a marathon of it. Because, yeah. like, yeah, the entire series is, what, like, an extra hour and a half? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, that. Um... That's what they showed in Vulgarthon. It was the four episodes that hadn't aired yet. Yeah. So we got to see them there, and that was awesome. Nice. There's no funny story to go with it. Just, that's it. <laughs> just, just sweet fucking experience. It's just a nice yeah. memory, man. Yeah. It's good. Good times. <laughs> it's uh, better than the fucking language misstep I made earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh yeah, just great film. Um, you really relate to the Randall character. And and again, like I said, you've had these conversations before with your friends, these just ridiculous lines of dialogue that just that you feel at home when you see that film, especially if you are at the time or have in the past worked a menial job and these kinds of things. Like I remember a part of my fucking job around that time was that I literally had to go in and clean, like, polish every fucking guitar oh, in damn. the store when I went in because of these fucking idiots that come in just with all these weird oils and shit on their fingers. Like, they're <laughs> sitting in the store eating a bag of potato chips, and they're like, let me try every fucking guitar. So, like, I understood exactly what fucking Randall, you know, especially why he bit back at them so fucking much. And then, like, Dante never, or I guess kind of, Lives vicariously through Randall a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. This job would be great if we're for the fucking customers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. It, it's just, it's not only a time capsule. It's not only a great indie film. It's it's a good movie. It's a great movie. And it's a movie that um, I think stands up as both the most important in his work and and also the most fucking fun that you can have stoned. <laughs> watching a movie I, I love it have a few chuckles yeah man a stone first viewing uh for that uh 
that Star Wars uh, conversation <laughs> would be fantastic. Oh, like yeah. I almost wish that that's the first. <laughs> that's the you know that's the condition I was in the first time I saw that. <laughs> yeah. because, I mean, by now it it doesn't surprise me, but at the time it would be like, oh god, <laughs> like those, it was in the poor middle fucking of, workers. <laughs> it lends credence to the whole um, Luke Skywalker jihadist <laughs> kind of <laughs> explanation. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking great, man. Oh, I think I, I think I think I'm done. Like I'm actually exhausted from from laughing about this film now. <laughs> I, I will say I'm not not trying to take apart your whole argument. And, oh, don't and worry. Again, if, if, is, you, if you go down this favorite, road, I'll fucking re- But could you <laughs> think of a, like a darker way to finish that, that movie? She has sex with a, a fucking dead guy? Well, actually, she I can think high? of a darker way to f- fucking end that movie, which is the way that it originally ended because he was trying to rip off. Well, not rip off, but he was kind of trying to borrow from do the right thing. So after fucking Randall leaves the store in the original cut, a guy walks in. And shoots Dante. And that's how the fucking film ends. Ooh, yeah. There's a downer ending for you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, seeing that with your <laughs> Necrophilia doesn't sound so bad. Roll <laughs> credits? Jesus yeah. Christ. All of a sudden, fucking a dead guy, like you said, Brent. <laughs> that's all right. That's pretty funny. Mm-mm. Like I say, if you're worried about a downer, just put in the animated series. And just stop it a minute before the credits. It's still a great <laughs> movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm relieved now. I thought you were going to come after me, and then I was just going to have to pick apart Mallrats like fucking unwarranted. It's like, all right, so let's fucking do it. It's on. Mallrats is shit. So I'm happy I don't have to pick apart Mallrats because I love that fucking movie, too. All right, Jesse, you are up, sir. The gauntlet has been handed to thee. So the film that I picked was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And basically, my reasoning behind it, it almost acts as like a best of of Kevin Smith, like that era of his career. All the characters come back. Sometimes they play multiple characters. Jason Lee plays like both characters and stuff. <laughs> and it's just like you really kind of like it, people that didn't know Kevin Smith went to a movie and they watched it and they liked it. But the people that grew up with Kevin Smith and knew all the in jokes, they kind of had a little something special going on with that movie. As you said, he's sitting in the audience with you, kind of giving you the nudge, nudge kind of thing. And, um, yeah, just that, that, mostly that's the reason I, I went for it because it's uh, it's it, it's got like a lot of nostalgia value. Mm. It, uh, it you, you as you're watching it, if you're high, you'll be thinking about, oh yeah, I remember that happened in the other one. So mm. it's kind of like referential in that way, and like Scooby Doo. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> the Scooby Doo stuff. And that's another thing about it. It's kind of it's very episodic. Yeah. Like here's this little part, here's this little part. So if you're high and dozing in and out, you're gonna get like little stories contained within 15, 20 minute segments. Yeah. I yep. am the click commander. I am the click commander. <laughs> oh man! Um, and another great thing is it's cameo central. It is mm-hmm. everyone yeah. you can think I was of. Just going to think about. Uh, I was just going to mention Cockknocker. Cockknocker, fucking Luke Skywalker's in the movie for frick's sake, and Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I wanted to mention. I'm sorry to cut in on yeah, your sure. um, East. Do you remember he mentioned that this was the moment in his life that he realized Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he was like, holy fuck, that's the voice that terrifies my dreams, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. And again, to go back to what you said and what you said, uh, Brent and Devin, um, it, that he's again in the audience with you. Like, yeah, 
he literally on screen goes, look, everyone, it's Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Yeah, they literally write it across the screen. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. That, like, he, there is a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because sometimes they say something, and they literally turn and look at the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, eh? Eh? So that's, that's kind of interesting. And um, this is made at the time, probably the height of his career. This is probably the only time in his entire career where he could put a movie like this together yeah, with absolutely. all these people. And, like, he's got, like, Ben Affleck, who's now, like, superstar Batman. Whatever. We'll get into that some other time. <laughs> um, and he's got, like, a lot of big names. And they even make the joke, like, um, uh, when they're doing the Goodwill Hunting 2 scene. Yeah. Hunting season, which is another <laughs> one of the funniest scenes. Yeah. It's all like, yeah, and sometimes you got to do a movie because you owe your friend a favor. Yeah. And they look at the uh, – <laughs> it's because apparently, as rumor has it, Kevin Smith is the one that read that screenplay and brought it to Miramax. Yep, yep. So, yeah, they do owe him a favor, and, <laughs> and that's the one favor. I don't think we're going to see uh, <laughs> Matt Damon in a Kevin Smith movie ever again, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I would be – I wouldn't be surprised if he did because in all seriousness, yeah, like both Damon and Affleck are, are two other guys who don't forget where the fuck they came yeah, from. And every fucking train ride they had to make into New York to – to audition and how they never thought they were going to get a single fucking role, but they just yeah. did it. And I love the stories about their business meetings and all these things. And, and I think that's why those cats get along so well. And, you know, to whatever extent that they do still keep in touch is because of the fact that even though they're from different, uh, you know, states, different cities, different, uh, you know, ideals really. Um, or I guess they're both, they both grew up Catholic or they all grew up Catholic. Um, they, they they don't forget where they where they come from, and they are not they're unabashedly open with with you know like for example all the shit that Matt Damon does with Jimmy Kimmel and, yeah. and that and then that yeah like it's and the the bromance with fucking Ben Affleck on the, <laughs> it's just perfect <laughs> like all that shit is just brilliant man yeah, totally yeah sorry yeah no problem. Um, I'm excited now. Yeah, that's all good. Um, yeah, another one of my favorite moments uh, is in, when they bring George Carlin back. In this one, he was in Dogma, oh, <laughs> and then this one, he's the uh, the hitchhiker, yeah. <laughs> the unwritten rules of the road, <laughs> where apparently you have to give a blowjob to get in the car. He's like, "Yeah, what if you get in the car and you don't make it with a blowjob?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, if you don't make it with a head." Yeah. And he's like, "We ain't gay." He's like, "Ah, if I'll take a load in the mouth for, for giving a couple extra miles down the road," yeah. and it's just like. I was bringing George Carlin out just for that one scene. It's like, you know, it's pretty awesome. And it also is interesting because, again, it's it's uh, lending, uh, I guess, levity to the subject matter. And that really putting a dick in your mouth or 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 another object like, is it yeah like is it really all that big of a deal in terms of who what that person is? Like Jay and Silent Bob don't not talk to this yeah. character because of that yeah um and 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 so their childlike awe is almost inspiring yeah we 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 or rather aspire or we aspire to revert back to that kind of just acceptance of everyone and the fact that someone like carlin who we all love yeah is in the role i think is really important that could have been some random old actor and it wouldn't that would not have been him as funny no and it wouldn't have had the same weight yeah so interesting and it's funny that they actually took his advice and they they got a ride <laughs> yeah. from Princess Leia, yep. <laughs> Carrie Fisher, as yeah. a nun. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, all the answers are in the book. And he's like, what? You follow the book? And she's like, yes. <laughs> Do you follow the book? And he's like, all right, lady. Gets right in there. <laughs> <and starts> <laughs> 
So like he, like he's advanced as a filmmaker, but he still's got those like dick and fart jokes that are just like mm-hmm. just great. And as you mentioned, he's he's totally okay with the gay community and stuff. He actually got a lot of flack in this movie because they use a little bit of like they use queer and a lot of other like language like that. And they uh, some of the gay rights organizations were kind of you know against him for this. And actually, in the end credits. He includes something saying we use some language and like like that's could be, you know, considered offensive. These are the characters using it, not myself. If you use these these words in real life, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. So straight up, he's like saying, yeah, I threw some, you know, offensive language in the film, but it doesn't represent my beliefs. Yeah. And uh, he straight up said it in, in the credits. It's interesting too. Uh, again, to, I'm going to just keep referencing East. Apparently <laughs> he was telling me a story recently about because he he uh, he. For anyone listening, uh, he does a podcast called Drunk With Power, so you guys should check that out. Uh, available at drunkwithpower.lipson.com. So there's your free free uh, read, East. Next <laughs> one's going to cost you. Um, and he got an email from, a, um, I can't remember if it was a listener or someone that he referenced on the show or something, and they took offense to the fact that he made a, a retard joke. And, yeah. and then he said, but I'm handy capable. Yeah. <laughs> so... Is that like, are, are you sending, you know, say, for example, uh, a brown guy an email when he says the P word yeah. or a black guy an email when he sends the N word, says the N word? Like, it, 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 sometimes people are just looking for an argument. They're looking to take up a cause. People and, are and, and on just... edge waiting to be offended by something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you you have to, like what I was saying before about chasing Amy, the conversation has changed. And you do have to accept that somebody might have been offended by what you said. That doesn't mean you need to agree with them. You have to accept that I've offended you. So let's have some discourse. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. And let's let's Kevin learn. Smith, like look at clerks and everything. Saying like, I mean, that's the idea. Is like, <laughs> let's learn from each other. Let's let's respect each other's context, and let's see if we can find a common ground. Mm. You know, and it is like sort of like a, a happy loving kind of thing. But I mean, it's productive in the end. Yeah. These slip ups are going to happen. We're, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to say some shit. They're like, I did not think about that. Fuck, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And that's the thing. And I mean, yeah, putting a disclaimer in the credits, I mean, that's that's a that's a good step. Does that fix everything? No. Does that keep yeah. people from being offended? No. Yeah. It would have been but interesting. Is it part of the conversation? Mm-hmm. Yes. Something that he might, he would have done now, or especially with the, the influx of like end credit scenes and things like that, I wouldn't put it past him to say, for example, if a similar situation came up where he felt the dialogue was pushing the envelope a little bit too far or something mm-hmm. like that where literally the credits start to roll and then it's just whoop, and it's fucking jay and silent bob or something like that yeah and just like you know don't be like us kids or something <laughs> sure <laughs> i think uh, yeah i think a, a lot of other um you know a lot of other movies um you know i i guess especially movies that aren't comedies get mm-hmm. a, get a lot of leeway in in establishing a character i mean maybe it's the fact that jay and silent bob are are like the protagonists of the story people are looking at this of you're setting an example for people but it's Mm -hmm. the absolute opposite yeah they're 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 anti-heroes absolutely i mean you don't you like you're not supposed to like jay Mm -hmm. like you're really not supposed like but you're supposed to root for him he's hilarious he sells drugs to children and he's like right really creepy randall sells cigarettes to (laughs) children yeah i mean but this is the thing there's a difference between you know a character piece and you know offensive appropriation and it's Mm. a fine line it's hard to navigate and i mean like that's you know what side do you land on i mean leave that up to your audience and again have that discussion Mm. yeah which i guess is what we're doing that's Mm. literally what we're doing right now (laughs) cool um the time 
Oh, Morris Day in the Time? Yeah. Yep. Yes. O-E-O-E-O. Great fucking scene, <laughs> 15 man. bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money, money doesn't, doesn't show, show the owe me, owe me, yo. My jungle love. O-E-O-E-O. And yeah, yeah, you know, that's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> so, Purple Rain. Purple yeah. Rain. <laughs> Purple yeah, Rain, those guys from that. Yeah. Anyways. Brilliant. Yeah. And then Morris Day in the Time, play the song at the end. Like, yeah. That's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. It's well, pretty, pretty cool. Always yeah. really loved um, the the, um, the that perfect justice of of them going around and just just beating the shit out of all those people that, that yeah. talk shit about them. Yeah, they beat up children in the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you Magnolia fan one hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> start hitting. <them. laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Is that like is is that like a Shyamalan esque like Lady <laughs> in the Water kind of thing where yeah. it's just like I'm gonna get back at my critics you know and it's just like it, it, but I mean you know you look at something like Lady in the Water by giving them a shit film to watch <laughs> well no but I mean when he casts himself as the screenwriter who's gonna save the world versus we are totally over the top slapstick slapstick comedy gonna go just punch everybody on the internet yeah <laughs> but i, yeah, I different ways love to the archetype it. of Mag- magnolia fan 101 or whatever yeah. it is yeah. 102. yeah i was actually kind of offended by that i was like but i like magnolia oh. <laughs> <laughs> i like magnolia but like on my list of pta films it's like second from the bottom it, i think it was my introduction in the theater and i was in the front row for three and a half hours just like oh my neck yeah but uh yeah looking back it's not the one yeah there will be blood man there will be oh, blood we already yeah. discussed this definitely <laughs> yeah anyway anyway sorry back to yeah. back to back back because there Smith, will be blood. Not, oh no! <laughs> I'm an oil man. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> yeah, I guess to wrap things up for Jane, Silent Bob, I love it just because it's it's the best of. It's the greatest hits. It's very uh, episodic, and um, yeah, characters you don't you don't think are going to pop up like like um, like the Joey Lauren Adams from Mallrats pops up, but she's not ain't, like the character yeah. chasing Amy. Yeah, and she's all like, "Oh, why didn't they adapt that chasing Amy thing?" She's like, "Oh, that would never work as a movie," <laughs> but it did. Yeah. <laughs> And, Fantastic. Um, yeah. And same with, uh, yeah, like Holden's there. Fucking uh, um, Shannon Doherty's back as herself. Yeah. Wes Craven, who then he turned around and was in Scream. Yeah, yeah. Or they turned around and were in Scream. And obviously in the, uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith, great story there. So watch that. Uh, yeah. Good good movie. That's, That's the first one that his wife appears in too, right? Yeah, she's one of the four, like, Charlie's Angels type yeah. badass chicks. Mm-hmm. Actually, I as I watched it recently, I I didn't like like them as much as I remembered liking them. I find it kind of it's kind of like a wink wink nudge nudge. Hey, we're kind of a cool badass chick kind of thing. Mm. But uh, I find that's the one part of the movie that didn't land when I watched it recently. Mm. I th- I found them kind of lame actually. Yeah, that's blasphemous. I don't know, man. That's how I feel. Why is a douche coup, man? I don't know. She seemed just kind of lame. In it. Like I thought they were cool. I don't yeah. think they're cool anymore. But uh, that's just what I say. <laughs> Brandon just flipped flip the, right, flip the table. See you guys. No, that's your clap fucking on the way job. Up? <laughs> <laughs> have, have the clap. <laughs> oh. Here's your parting gift. Get out. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's take a little break. Come back. Final thoughts. All that nonsense and uh, etc. All right, so in the next episode, uh, we're going to break down and rank the Mission Impossible films from favorite to least favorite, talk about them, geek out on them. These are a film series that very much are greater somehow than the sum of their parts, and we're going to analyze that and have some fun. We hope you will join us then. 
Okay, so we're back, and uh, we'll, let's do a round of final thoughts on Kevin Smith, gents, uh, the the filmmaker, the man, our arch nemesis, podcaster, whatever you uh, so desire. Uh, who wants to kick us off? We can do a weird order. No, I'll, I'll jump in, and I mean just a couple things that we we touched on today that. I guess I always knew and just never really put into words really like elucidated like that was breaking it up into fours and you know, like you always kind of subconsciously do that, but to really, um, Oh, thank you. But I mean, to really sort of like couch it like that and, and look at the progression and think of it in the context of this sort of conversation. I, not that it gives me a new appreciation, just sort of codifies things we've always felt, you know, and it makes me really want to sort of like, well, really get into like Tusk and things like that and cop out and really give it a chance, like really try hard to give it a chance <laughs> and, and that kind of thing. But again, like something we talked about a lot today was just the context and also looking at them without context. And it just really makes everything sort of um, coagulate. Yeah. 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 It just beca- it, be- it becomes a body of work, like a, a real body of work. Yeah, we're growing up with it, and at the time when they each came out, we're like, "What the hell is this? What's going on?" And now looking back, it's like, "Oh, he does know what he's doing." <laughs> no, it's it's interesting, and and you brought up Tusk and Cop Out, and of course the movie right in between being Red State, and I can remember, I I feel like you you and I saw this together, Devin. Is that correct? Red State, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember just being very pleased with the the finished product, like mm. just so happy one because i you know i saw a filmmaker that i really liked kind of uh hone his skills in a way he hadn't previously and and also just knowing that if this film was in another person's hands it it, one could have been the same project and and could have come to the same ends but there still was something special something that i i very much recognized about my friend kevin smith (laughs) No, I was thinking Red State was one that I, I actually wish we'd spoken a bit more about because, as I recall, and maybe this is just you know what I was exposed to in terms of reviews and things, it was generally negative. A yeah, lot a lot of people, people liked the first half and didn't like the second half. And so I watched it after a lot of the reviews, reading a lot of the reviews and hearing that and thinking, like, this is going to be trying. And I ended up really enjoying it. Mm, it's pretty good. And I thought it was over yeah. the top, and that was sort of the thing. Like, this isn't supposed to be necessarily a very serious political statement it's just more of an exploration mm. and it, it is like an over-the-top not really rooted in reality you know almost like a a, a fantastical take on it yeah and I, I appreciated it like that and it's one of those ones where it's just like am i missing something or is everybody else just being way too serious about this mm-hmm. and it still felt like one of those films that kevin is in the audience with you mm-hmm. and saying hey but it's know, less overt listen to this listen to this amazing monologue or you know uh, the uh, kind of um, humanizing the the hazards of the internet in a way that maybe they hadn't been seen at least to the same extent in the idea that you you hear all the time about you know the predators on the internet and uh, and so forth but you don't ever flip it around to this kind of thing and and yes it is a uh, it's 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 a caricature, but it it's 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 an interesting uh, take on it. And again, in a very 
um, sneaky way, kind of making it approachable to people who maybe thought, well, this doesn't affect me because I'm not mm-hmm. a 15 year old girl chatting on a, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be on an episode of To Catch a Predator or something, but there's still people out there that can't take advantage of you. You know, whether you're getting an email from a Ugandan prince or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whether, you know, who, who just needs a thousand dollars to uh, access his funds or, you know, whether you've uh, recently clicked a, um, uh, uh, one of these uh, make yourself larger and uh, firmer. Oh yes, yeah. as three inches. Yeah. So there, there, there's many a uh, many a crazy people in the world, and and I think uh, it, he he did that part of it in a real responsible but also compelling way, and didn't get too preachy again. Uh, who's up next? I will go. Um, yeah, basically it was a lot of fun, kind of. Reminiscing about the different films, there's a few I even forgot he did. Like I forgot Zack and Mary make a porno even existed. Mm. Oh and, dear, uh, no! <laughs> it's a good, one. but it, but it all it comes back. One. So it's a good one. Uh, it was fun, you know, reminiscing about uh, you know I had such a personal connection in these early years, and mm. you know, kind of he was my favorite filmmaker at one point, and uh, yeah, he's a really good filmmaker. And if you don't like him and you're still watching his movies at this point, that's kind of on you. Like you don't have to watch his movies if you don't like him. He guys made like eight of them at this point. So, uh, unless you're a glutton for punishment and you really don't like them, but, you know. I like the callback yeah. in Zack and Mary to the uh, the hockey stick boom stand. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a reality <laughs> yeah. for yep. him. Yeah. With Clerks, they, they busted their boom stand. And there's, uh, again, on the Clerks uh, bonus DVD, there's a great uh, uh, interview with Mosier talking about that. And just literally having to tape a mic to a fucking hockey stick. Which is, <laughs> and that's literally what they do in the film. So, still... You know, art imitating life, and uh, very again something that's um, very prevalent, like a lot of the beat generation writers and things like this. So, borrowing from from other uh, other great um, artists, you know, sweet. I mean, I think he he came in at um, uh, just a a perfect time where where not a lot of people were. Um, I mean, not not any that I can think of, say for for like you said the Tarantino, uh, maybe uh, Linklater, Rodriguez, yeah, Rodriguez. Um, the the way that he he crafts dialogue, um, I like. I just think that some of those conversations um, are are just so relatable. Um, yeah, I I just absolutely love it. So he um, really tapped into the zeitgeist. He t- absolutely <laughs> yeah. tapped right into the zeitgeist. <laughs> I think your brother might have been the the one that showed me Clerks. Possibility. Uh, I think I watched it over it. Over probably watched it, uh, it in my basement. Place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so it's your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, I think it it. Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's really opened things up uh, for for a lot of um, a lot of similar art to be created. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, um, and just you know, getting getting out of an an, uh, an era of film that was maybe just a little bit too um, uh, taking itself too seriously. Yeah, you know, uh, it was really lent credence to to sort of the the. Um, uh, I, I I don't know the the, the um just the way the way that he he you know brings people back who aren't these these mm-hmm. you know incredibly seasoned 
uh, actors and and the way that he does just just write these these uh, conversations that could easily be had between you know you and a friend. It, um, uh, you know, it's it's just it's really nice to see that that um, that kind of um, kind of more uh, like I don't want to I don't want to say like amateur uh, kind of yeah. kind of, but but allows. Um, or, or maybe has allowed a lot of um, more, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, There's a humility to it. Yeah, and 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 has allowed a lot of art like that to to be created and come to the forefront. Mm. You know, there well, there weren't a lot of stories like his happening in, in the world before. You know, and and maybe that that comes along with a lot of the changes that it, that have gone. You know, that have occurred in film naturally. Yeah, well, I think a really good example of that. I forget what the show was. It was years ago, and it's like. Filmmakers and actors having dinner was together. Smoggies. Shut up. <laughs> but like having dinner oh, together. Oh yeah, Favreau's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's and just like it's like host. it's yeah. like Stanley, Jason Lee, and um and Kevin Hamill Smith. was on and, that. Yeah, episode. Mark Hamill was on that episode. And so is J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, J.J. Yeah, Abrams. Right. And they yeah, tell the story of Jason Lee auditioning. Yeah, and like this is not the part for you, but we have to have you yeah. in something, you know. And it's just like, because who did he? Who did he uh, read for? Did he read for? I can't remember. Oh yeah. I, I it, yeah I watched it recently and I'm just blanking. But yeah. I mean it was that kind of thing where it's just like and Jason Lee's like I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know if I had the part and they just kept calling me back and I kept doing the same thing over and over and being like what am I doing wrong <laughs> and they're just like and Kevin Smith's just like I love this guy yeah. <laughs> like we got to find something for him yeah yeah and I I um I think he just he he lets you um you know he he lets you come along for the ride with him yeah you know? exactly like, yeah the way that he still does a lot of that like the way that he does his talks where where he's just so candid about these things that that another director or screenwriter just wouldn't really let you into like yeah the, the stories about like bruce willis and, and stuff like that just like things that just these these amazing uh mm-hmm. Amazing stories that that uh, a lot of other directors would be like. I can't let anybody <laughs> like. I will never work again if I if right. I really yeah. tell this like it was. And and he just doesn't really care. Yeah, you know, it's like you're his buddies. He just just even if that's a public persona, it it yeah. allows you to experience his films in a whole different way. As a result, one thing I wanted to ask you specifically, Devin, before we wrap up, is um in the '90s, and you kind of alluded to this uh, there. There, there was a legitimate cultural shift in the idea that young people, um, for generations, had been told if you just work hard and persist and and you, you, these sorts of things, you will get ahead, and and that more than ever at that time was very much a fallacy. And he's one of the first filmmakers uh, to address this very idea of that maybe working smart. <laughs> versus working hard isn't such a taboo thing and also uh even though he's i I wouldn't say he's a good catholic boy but he's he was an altar boy etc etc um there is a an underlying almost atheist feel to some of his his um his questions or at least a centrist position on everything from uh, religious stances to um, human rights issues to um, uh, political issues and all of these things delivered subcontextually. So there's a uh, there's an it word for me, Brent. So I got one in there too. <laughs> Dope. Tapping into the zeitgeist subcontextually. Um, 
he he's able to inject a lot of just just call to actions for for you to ask questions just and form a fucking answer of your own like i'm not going to do this for you like this isn't a preachy film um but you should take something away from this and hopefully if i can make you just a little bit less shitty of a person that would be fucking sweet you know <laughs> do you do you echo any of this or is this all this is is this all in my fucking head because obviously you have an interesting stance on it being that you are a, a very champion atheist if i may out you on the show wow wow i i i, I don't think he takes a real centrist point of view i think <laughs> dogma and red state are pretty scathing uh scathing digs but i mean is he but is he well like, i don't think he's being uh, well i guess dog, yeah dogma is not really a dig so much as, as his search. really yeah and because like, he, he, he is a christian and like he believes in god and all that stuff and that's why he, he got the criticism stuff. for dogma and he's like well i'm not saying there isn't a god i'm just putting this weird little story behind it so it's mm-hmm. kind of he's the you know the catholic church has been after him obviously since dogma and uh it's kind of interesting that you know, he actually is a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, I think that's that's a good, reasonable stand uh, standpoint to, you know, to come from too. That that uh, if God exists, fuck him if he can't take a joke, because like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you would imagine that the perfect man would would see it and be like, that, yeah, that's pretty funny, <laughs> that's pretty good. God <laughs> is Alanis Morissette. <laughs> My God. But yeah, I, I, I he mean, wishes he had that many Grammys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and 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 it's it's funny you say because actually I would have thought like especially especially after uh, a movie like Red State that is more of a you know more serious in tone that that mm-hmm. um that maybe he he was an atheist so that's interesting actually that like I wouldn't think that that a, you know a movie like Dogma even even just being um uh even just being around people with with those kind of uh, you know those, those kind of perceptions that that you would endeavor to make because i mean it it's yeah. it's obviously going to create divisions for people that are kind of more yeah more but, about that's that's uh, amazing that 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 he would uh i think the more important thing with a film like dogma though is to address the fact that you shouldn't you you shouldn't be afraid of these sorts of questions you should be able to find the answers you're seeking mm-hmm. Or at least to come to terms with the decisions you've made. I don't think, and this is you notice that this last segment is to, like this. This show is taking the cycle of your average <laughs> high, where it's like we're warming up, and then we get into the laughter, and now we're like getting the fucking burnout at the Whoa, end, right? What if the world's just a computer, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I th- I think that there's um, it's not blasphemous i think it's actually just um it's actually kind of reassuring for for a catholic or a christian one in the same i guess to a certain extent um that uh, is comfortable in their position you know and maybe can laugh a little at themselves because again someone who is all too aware of um the strength of self-deprecating humor it's, it's Kevin Smith, right? Yeah, so. It's cool. All right. <clears throat> Before we get too fucking bummed out. <laughs> also, I am starting to get hungry, so. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. This is totally a fucking high right now. <laughs> I'm going to go get some poutine, man. Oh, you're so lucky. You fucking Canadian. <laughs> All right. 
So remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you, and I'm sure I'm going to fucking hear from you anyway, because obviously one fucking mean thing I said kind of about Kevin Smith, and I'm getting fucking tweets and whatever. <laughs> um, but we really do want to continue on this conversation. It's a guy we all love and grew up with and, and uh, you know, consider a fucking uh, a character that we want to you know follow closely and root for, much like a fucking hockey team or something like that. Mm. Um, well... Like the whalers, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hurricanes. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at NotBrandonFleet. Now, Jesse, you don't have a Twitter, but uh, you got some projects on the go. Do you want to pump those yeah, instead? Yeah, I don't do the Twitter thing, but uh, there's a show I got on uh, Motherboard. It's a video game show about obscure, weird old video games of, you know, video games past. Uh, the very first episode we did was Seaman uh, for the Sega Dreamcast. Love it. Which, Have it. Oh, there you go. You're like one of the first people I met that's actually played this game. You should check it out. <laughs> Nimoy. Um, yeah, Leonard Nimoy is, is the uh, the voice in it. And it's basically like a Tamagotchi type thing and a fish with a human face that talks shit to you the whole time. It's great. That was our first episode. Our latest one, it just came out. It's for a game called Hunt the Wumpus for the Texas Instruments TI-99-4A computer home computer system. <laughs> That was tough. And uh, <laughs> just give him the clap. And uh, the game itself is pretty cool. Um, but the the real kicker is the story of the guy that made it. Um, we won't I won't get into it here, obviously. But uh, just Google uh, motherboard abandonware and uh, check out the episodes. I hope you like them. Okay, Brent. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I have a wicked vintage video game collection, but I, I don't do anything with it other than enjoy it. Um, so yeah, just ask me about that or this or yell at me or anything like that on Twitter at twice sliced. Devin. You can find me on Twitter at YR underscore homeboy. You can see all my retweets. I don't come up with anything original. (laughs) Not a content creator. That's all right. I actually get you to read a script here, so. (laughs) And I make you stick to it, just like fucking Kevin Smith. <laughs> if you diverge, like there's actually it actually says on the page right now, laugh. <laughs> so perfect, good job. <laughs> so if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, anywhere that you can listen to us in podcast form, thank you. Uh, and if you're not, make sure to subscribe. Subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. There's also a video up on our website and how you can find us in podcast form uh, that I shot at like three in the morning or something like that. So I have (laughs) have, uh, huge black bags under my eyes. Look like I'm fucking out of it, half in the fucking bag, but whatever. Um, So if you're having trouble, let me help you. Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to us there. Now, if you aren't watching us on YouTube, make sure you go over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel um, or find us on our website where we generally put all the videos that we put on YouTube. Either way, so moviesroommylife.com or find our YouTube channel, subscribe to us there. Tons of new content going up. We're trying to keep now on a cycle where we actually release a little bit before the episode, uh, a few teasers of the episode so you can... uh, get all excited and whatnot and you know pre-yell at me (laughs) so that's exciting um and i think that's about it gentlemen this was fun thank you so much thank you Um, thank you sir sorry about my fucking rant in the middle (laughs) i was yelling at you Devin. (laughs) thanks for hanging out with us
been looking for people to play that with. It's so much more fun with a group. What's this lemon party? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lemon party the game. So wait, let's wait till we all have to pee. <laughs> oh no. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Yep. Wait, you? Oh, what? <laughs>